Welcome to the Global Premier Football Show preview of the 2021-2022 UEFA Champions League finals between Real Madrid and Liverpool Football Club. Joined with me for the show today is my one and only Ilias, aka Mr. Liverpool, and I am Coach Chidi on the anchor for today's show. So today we are going to uh, move ahead to look at how these two teams have come alive and how they got to where they are. It's an exciting weekend for every football fan around the world. And uh, we're going to be talking about these two big giants of European football. So my friend, tell me, uh, first of all, let's look at the road to the finals. You know, how did these two teams got to where they are, the odds that they were able to overcome? Uh, Madrid fought very, very hard. I think uh, Liverpool had it a little bit uh, softer uh, without uh, taking any respect from the, from the other teams that they played. But I, honestly, I think uh, Liverpool had it a little bit softer than Madrid. But Ilias, tell me, what are your thoughts, you know, based on what we are doing here today? I mean, listen, everybody and has what's said What's anticipating this. over the weekend? Everybody has said what you've said, and uh, I disagree. You know, I think we uh, we had an, maybe an easier group stage, but we had a very tough group. Yeah. We came out of that uh, winning every single match. Uh, Real Madrid were very successful in their group stage as well, uh, barring the loss to uh, Sheriff. Um, can you speak up a little bit, if you don't yeah, mind? Can you Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So, as I said, Real Madrid did uh, did well. They they won most of their matches, uh, uh, with yes. the exception of the match against Sheriff. But um, when looking at their opponents, sure, PSG, Chelsea, uh, Manchester City, they went through all the tough opponents. I, yes, I agree. They did, they did have to go through those opponents. But we went through Inter, Benfica, and Villarreal, who weren't pushovers. Uh, Villarreal actually took out Bayern Munich. Yeah. You know, um, and could very just as easily have taken us out as well, uh, or any other club. Um, yeah, I'm sure Real Madrid are more used to playing against them, but I doubt it would have been easy for them to to uh, to deal with them either. Yeah. Now, I think I think people uh, are giving Real Madrid a lot of credit because of the fact that they've they've put together a number of comeback wins. Um. But at the same time, I think it also points to a very, a, a huge problem that they have, which is their defense. Um, I don't know what's happening uh, on the back end, but they're not performing, and they're mm -hmm. taking in a lot more goals than they should be, and they they're basically very fortunate that they're able to score so much, right, and just outscore the competition effectively. Yeah. So I think both teams have uh, have had their own challenges, uh, but. They both deserve to be in the final, and it's going to be an exciting match. Uh, you know who I'm for. <laughs> yeah, that's why I called you Mr. Liverpool, right? Because I know that uh, you are, it's only Liverpool that's, you, that's in your mind. And personally, I think uh, every, every, I think it will be a divided, you know, party, a divided camp of who is going to leave the trophy come uh, Saturday. And uh, I am not biased, but I'm going to lead, lean towards Liverpool. Uh, 
not just because you're my friend, but because I think uh, Liverpool beating Chelsea for me makes it uh, one of the, uh, sorry, Madrid beating Chelsea, you know, in, in the, you know, in the quarterfinals makes it, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to support them to, <laughs> to, to, to beat, uh, to beat, uh, to win the, the trophy. So I am looking forward to Liverpool lifting the trophy, you know, on, on Saturday. So let, let's go a little bit further, you know, because at, at the end of the day, it will be who plays better, who is, who has worked harder to be able to, you know, come out on top. It's not a matter of uh, our likes and our dislikes, you know, what we want and who we want. But at the end of the day, this is professional football that we're talking about. Uh, referees will be unbiased, uh, hopefully. And um, yeah, it's a big hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then uh, we, we, we look forward to, to having an entertaining game. I was just looking up. And I, I read, you know, a headline, which I did not go into details, where Klopp was saying, you know, that it's not all about revenge for the 2018 finals that Liverpool lost to Madrid. But everyone, I believe everyone, especially the neutrals, and many Liverpool fans, maybe you might as well be one of those that will think that it's a, it's a revenge for oh, it, it 2018. Is. It absolutely is, and I'm I'm sure that uh, Jurgen Klopp is you know being diplomatic, um, but in in the hearts and minds of the fans and of many players, it feels like a like a revenge showdown. You know, um, yes. Uh, Real Madrid won the last final deservedly. You know, we crumbled in the face of pressure, especially after losing our our, uh, our primary goal scorer. Yeah, um, and you know with Carius's mistakes. They won the day, but uh, prior to that injury, the game was very, very different. And uh, a lot of people could have seen uh, some red attached to that trophy yes. uh, at the end of the 90 minutes. So it was heartbreaking for us to lose that way. And I think that uh, this time around, the, uh, the players are determined, the fans are determined, everybody wants it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to know, seeing... You know, in Madrid, a lot has changed. Um, I think uh, most of uh, some of their key players have moved, uh, especially their defender, uh, Sergio Ramos, who was very, you know, who was very instrumental in that very final. I think Baran he was well. the one who, you know, who has this, the mental edge and carried the team mentally as well to, you know, to be able to like lead the team on the field and basically leading to Mo Salah's injury. And after that game and subsequent Real Madrid matches that I've watched, even this season, I came to the conclusion that I think Madrid would, would target the star players. And in that 2018, it was only Mo Salah that I think at that point was the, you know, the figure that every Liverpool fan was looking up to, you know, to, to perform. But this time around is different. It is very different. Yeah. If you look at the top goal scorers in the Premier League this season, the this season that just uh, you know was concluded, you know you have uh, Mo Salah who was the joint top scorer with uh, Son from with Tottenham, Son, yeah. and then you have um, what's he called again, Mane, who also ended in double digits 
Diogo Jota ended in double digits. And I don't have any doubts that if um, Luis Diaz started the season with Liverpool, he I would think be he might have been our top scorer, digits. actually. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that tells me that there's a lot of goals in the team, in the front. You know, it's, they're not like a team that struggles to score goals, especially in the attacking, you know, in the attacking third. And the three front players that, you know, would, that will always be there, you know, they have goals. The midfielders as well got some goals. You know, at the beginning, when Thiago, you know, joined Liverpool, I said, would this guy be able to adapt to the Premier League? But believe I remember me, you and I talking about that, yeah. Yes. So you, you had doubts, and I told you, give him time. Honestly, he, he adapted really, really quick. I mean, it took him one season because... I mean, last season, he, I think he, he joined in last season, right? This is his first full season, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with Liverpool. So looking at, looking at the, the teams, how they have come to where they are right now, you know, we're going to take a look into the group stages, you know, uh, and after that, at the end, you're going to tell me your combined Liverpool and Real Madrid lineup. I know you don't be biased, please. Just <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's take a look, you know, from you know, 32 teams. You know, like we're going to focus only on Liverpool and Madrid because all the other teams have fallen by the wayside, and that is why we have these two teams, two these two giants of European football, you know, in the finals. And uh, for me, it's an it's for me, it's there's excitement building up, you know, it's like the World Cup fever. There's this yeah. Champions League finals fever that, you know, you experience, you know, when you are, you know, when you're a good, when you're a football lover. And I mean, all that you know is football, you know, you don't mix it with any other sports. You know, you have this excitement that builds up. And because it is the climax of the season, it's the last game of the European season. You know, uh, I believe every other, you know, country and league have finished their season, you know, these are the last two, the icing on the cake. So, or the cherry on the on the cake. So, Liverpool, where they were in Group B, you know, with Atletico Madrid, FC Porto, and then AC Milan, and then Madrid were just was just a group in between them. They were in Group D with Inter, Sheriff, and Shakhtar. So, Liverpool finished on top. Unbelievable. Six games played, six games won, seventeen if, goals scored. And if you look at all the teams that we, that we faced, I mean, these, these, there's enough pushovers. I mean, Porto and Milan are champions um, in their domestic leagues. Atletico is is uh, uh, is at the top. Well, not not a very top, but in the um, in the top uh, few teams in in the Liga. Very very difficult group to come out of. And to, to go unbeaten, I, I thought was was a testament to uh, to our abilities as a, as a team. Yes, I, I agree with you. The, I mean, Atletico Madrid was the strongest opposition based on, on the previous years. Probably. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, on the previous showdowns we've had with them over the years. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, you guys beat them home and away. And they and were the that, ones who uh, who had gotten who had taken us out the, the previous season, and we'd been we'd been gunning for for some UCL silverware at the time too. So 
um, we we showed immense growth in the from from one season to the next and i was very very impressed by our run um even more so by um uh by our knockout stage run um you know even with giant killers and you know with some um some of the regular uh, uh rivals that we see like for example we've we faced benfica and porto fairly, fairly often yeah. and and they always try extra hard whenever they play against us and for us to take care mm -hmm. of them uh, fairly easily. Um, I was, I was very impressed. Yeah. So I, I let, let's take a look at a, a little, a little bit of, uh, you know, to dive into this a little bit more. Um, looking at how far Liverpool have come, you know, Liverpool fought all the way to the end, to the last day of the English Premier League season to yeah. try and win the Premier League. They have competed for every single, you know, title in England domestically. And every major trophy. A stretched season. The Carabao Cup, they played all the way into extra time penalties. That was in February. And then the FA Cup, just same thing. Some weeks ago, same thing, same opposition, my beloved Chelsea. <laughs> sorry. And then, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> it, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. We'll come back. Anyway. But I, what I'm trying to say is that there, there has been a stretch. You know, Mane playing on Saturday will be his 70th game of the season. Combining FA Cup, you know, Premier League, the African Cup of Nations, you know, and he played all the way to the finals as well in the African Cup yeah. of Nations. And I was also reading into some statistics there. Between Mane and Salah, they have combined it took an average of 90,000 kilometers playing football. Yeah. That is staggering. That's extraordinary. But what I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to point to, do you think that because of what's, you know, the, the, the amount of football these guys have played and seeing how they've fought until the end of the season to try to win the league, and Madrid, having won the league, I think, two or three weeks before the last day of the season for them, what do you think will happen in terms of the physical conditioning of the, of the, of the Liverpool team? Well, I mean, I think they'll be in better condition because they'll, be, they'll still be training. They'll still be having regular, uh, regular trainings and they'll be, um, they'll be very intense. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that Real Madrid players will be better rested. Um, yeah. Ours will be a little bit more fatigued, but they'll have that momentum of going from one match to the next and to the next and so on and so forth. You know, it, it's, it's tough because in football, you have to kind of find that balance between resting your players and keeping up that momentum. If you give them a little yeah. too much time off in between matches, um, if they don't train as often, then, you know, they can get a little bit sluggish, you know, it can take them time to, uh, to warm up for for a match, it can be more injury prone. So, if for us having played uh, having played so many matches, having played so many minutes of football, um, I think it's been 
it's been what's been been keeping us going that momentum right yeah. one match after the next in a very very condensed um a very packed schedule with a lot of training uh, uh, behind it Jurgen Klopp when he came on board he changed the way that uh, the entire club trains from top to bottom whether we're you know in, from the senior team all the way down to to um to the youth teams and it's all about physical condition it's about it's about stamina it's about pace it's about speed and you see it you know um no team matches I mean, liverpool uh, for speed no team matches us on the counter yeah you know? not not to cut you short on that but i think the pace the speed the intensity with which liverpool plays i think the closest team to them is manchester city but i don't think you know that manchester city can surpass that and I think maybe that's why Manchester City we are not able to go beyond the semi-finals of the of the of the Champions League against Real Madrid. And, and for me, you know, this I don't know what they feed Liverpool players, especially the front three. I, I'm just being honest. I, I, I'm just being honest. I don't know what they feed them because these players. I, I always look at Mo Salah. You know, he's not he's not messy. You know, he's not that, you know, he has a different approach to the game. The physicality, the intensity, oh, you yeah. know, the strength. Even when Mo Salah loses the ball, he starts the recuperate the recuperation of that ball, the recovery of that ball, he starts it right on. Even yep, if he yep. doesn't end up winning it back, he ends up considering a, a, a throw-in or a teammate who comes in to balance him out or create an overload, gets the ball back. So that's the gig and pressing. I mean, that's the system. That's the system that that, that yeah. put in. That's the gig and pressing. The minute you lose the ball, recover right away. If you're if you're on offense and you got to get back, and, and we lose the ball, it's time to move back to defense. All hands on deck. Um, if we're in a defensive mode and we get the ball back, then you know the wingers start running. The fullbacks start moving down the uh, down the sides, and everybody moves up with them. So Liverpool effectively plays from one end of the pitch to the other, nonstop, and all the players are moving back and forth all the time. The pace is blistering, and I don't think that I think the reason why we end up winning so many matches so late, and why we end up making so many comebacks, is because by the time that our our opposition is out of steam, out of air, yeah. out of energy. Yeah. Well, here, here we come with the reserve tanks and we're still, and we're still going at the same pace. We're still maintaining. And so we're, we're able to put that pressure on our opponents from beginning yeah. to finish, even when they can't handle it anymore. Now, Real Madrid is a different type of animal entirely. And they have this, this strange tactic of, of, allowing the opponent to tire themselves out by scoring and playing and dominating and then coming alive in, um, uh, in, in the last few moments or in, yeah. in the last two thirds of the second half. And I think it's going to be an interesting matchup between these two, these it, two it philosophies. Will be, it will be a very good matchup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are right now. I'm already visualizing, you know, Rodrigo, Vinicius, <laughs> 90th minute you know, plus you know, eight. Yeah. Rodrigo has been a superstar <laughs> for Madrid this season, right? Yeah. But imagine Rodrigo comes in and then club decides to throw in Luis Diaz. 
that becomes another war as well because Rodrigo comes in and he goes to the wings. You know, the fullback is tired already and they drag them and they run. And the same thing is what players like Luis Diaz will do. Same thing Diego Jota will do. You know, either of them, it's either one of them that will start. I don't see Firmino starting. And if Firmino starts, then he will go to the central position and either Mane or Salah goes to the wide again. You know, and that's like constant energy up and down, up and down for those two. And this the sheer strength, I was watching that FA Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool. The sheer strength from from, from money. There was a time he was surrounded by three, four Chelsea players. The sheer strength in which, with which he used to just maneuver through the players, fighting, struggling, and still came out on top. It's like, what are these guys doing? Why are they watching him do that? It's just because he's <laughs> just like he got his way through. So that is what, one of the things I'm, I'm excited about, you know, about Saturday. Because in, in the 2018 finals, I can't remember if, if Mane was already in the Liverpool team then. If he was, pardon? If he was part of the team, Mane. In yeah, he was already there, yeah. Yeah, but then, then he was not in the spotlight. I mean, he was not like no lights like Salah. Everyone know? was talking about Mo Salah. I think at the time, Mane deserved more praise and, and certainly deserved more attention. But Salah was the one was the only one that was receiving it at the at the time. It's it's completely changed now, though. We have um, the the dynamic that we have now is that we have a, a an incredible duo, uh, a dynamic duo, effectively. Yes. Um, with with some additional uh, cast members that are able to come in in that third or fourth position, and and help them score. The two of them now, uh, watching them play, I mean, it's it's like writing music. I mean, they they, they yep. just they work off of each other so beautifully, and they are determined. They're they're competitive. They um, you know they constantly push each other. Yes. To to to, to be the From to be the better. Them, it's it's very it's enormous. I, I've not oh, yeah. seen anywhere else. Now let let's I, you know. Let's look at let's look at Madrid because yeah I know you're a Liverpool fan and you can talk to me about Liverpool <laughs> all day long but let's let's look at Real Madrid. Real Madrid had a I, I think Liverpool had a tougher group on paper uh, than Real Madrid. Madrid had Inter, had Sheriff, and then had uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. And um, funny enough, Madrid lost to Sheriff in their first game. Yeah, we're shouting. What? I mean, it happens. You know, uh, mistakes happen, um, gaffes happen. I I don't put I don't put much store in that scoreline because they won the rest of their matches and they're in the final. Yeah. So clearly, a loss of sheriff was not the worst thing that could have happened to them. Uh, absolutely. Um, they have. I mean, they have a, a stellar. Um, Stellar squad, you know, uh, with uh, Ferran Mendy in the back, Courtois, uh, Militao. You look, of course, at uh, Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric in, in, in the midfield, which is it's an incredible trio. Uh, lots of experience. Um, 
lots of physicality, yeah. right? And then at the very top of that, you have Vinicius Jr. Uh, with Rodrigo, who work incredibly well to feed Benzema every ball that they possibly can. I think their and, work rate is what actually is helping also the Madrid team to get back. Oh, absolutely. Because because the, the, the work rate, especially Vinicius, that's like, he never gets tired. He's always super motivated. You know, well, he's young. To... I mean, he's young. He's got yeah. he's got lots of energy, lots of stamina. You know, uh, give him a few years, and and we'll see if he's still got it. Right. I mean, um, he he's a young footballer. I, I think he's still under twenty three. I think so. So with that, and he is, you know, he's. One good thing I like young players like him is that they they're using their youthful energy to play football yeah. at that at, at this level. What what really annoys me working with youth players, you know, as a coach, is that when I see them as young as they are, and it's like they have zero energy, they can't change pace in moving, in driving from one just 10, 15 years. You know, but you look at these kids, you know. Yeah, we might say that they are the professional, but how did they get to the professional level? But you also it's look at where high. they started. You know, um, yes. Any any Brazilian player that came out of out of out of their their small neighborhoods, their small even if they're big cities, to go and play for Europe. I mean, they they had to go through a lot of stuff to get there. Yeah. Um, the the, and I think at that point it comes down to mindset, right? It's 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 mentality. How exactly. much do you want it? How far are you willing to go? And these young Brazilians are willing to go all the way, right? I mean, look at us with with uh, Firmino and Fabinho. You know, those two have been the most consummate professionals. Uh, Alison Becker, the most consummate professionals. Brazilian players, whenever they go to Europe, they're there, oh, with the exception of Ronaldinho. They really want the to succeed. They <laughs> really want to succeed. They're there to play. They're there to make it, you know, uh, so that they can eventually take care of their families and completely change their lives around. They're they're not there to mess around. They're not there for the tabloids. They don't care mm-hmm. about that stuff, right? And I think because they are, pre, you know, they. If you look at the history of Brazilians in Europe, the the world footballers of the years that we've had, you know. So you can come and, and then you give us garbage and you're Brazilian, right? You have, even before Ronaldinho came, we had Romario, we had uh, um, Rivaldo in Barcelona, we had Ronaldo in water, the phenomenon. The, and don't forget also world, uh, Adriano, Adriano, Macau. You know, you had, the, the, uh, the list is, is huge. It's huge, very huge, you know, and then you, you can misrepresent. That's one thing. Fernandinho doing the same in, you know, you know, in his time in Man City, you know, yeah. they they take their job very, very serious. They really, really want to succeed. They, they love to play the game. They are fans of the game, you know, and that is why I think they 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 do really perform well. So for 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 Real Madrid, they had a group stage, you know. They started after that first game, as you said, you know, and according to the record books, yeah, they, you know, they lost that first game, but the whole thing then changed. And I think they continued growing stronger and stronger. 
I, I think as they as they were playing in La Liga, they were also getting stronger, you know, started widening the gap. Excuse me, started widening the gap in the league. And when you start widening the gap in the league, it helps you to, I think it gives them that, you know, privilege to rest players, not play everyone at the same time. You know, Benzema is old, uh, you know, one of the old players on the team, you know, and uh, how old is he? His Benzema is 34, you know, Vinicius is just 21, Rodrigo is 21. So you have those young 21s around him and then they are just uh, running here and there. Now, looking at how they got to the finals, you know, they have played the group stage, they came through the group stage and then comes the, you know, the other stages of the, of the game. So let's, let's look at the, the round of 16. You know, the round of 16, um, they had Paris. Uh, they lost the first match, um, and then they came back and won the um, the return the return game. They uh, did the same, I believe, against Chelsea. Right. Um, no, they lost. They well, they won the first game against Chelsea in the in the quarter oh, final. Okay, so the first match was won, and then the second match was a draw. Yes. Okay, and then yeah. you have the City match where. Um, they lost the first match and won the second. So, you know, they refuse to die. They're, they're, they're here on merit. They just refuse to die, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They just refused to die. Because when everyone thought that, you know, they were going to lose to PSG, you know, PSG had a star-studded squad. But there's no cohesion in PSG. There's no, I know you don't like PSG. Yeah, I know you, Frenchman, you don't like <laughs> PSG. So uh, you think that they're going to buy the UEFA Champions League maybe one day, or maybe they can mow the trophy for themselves as well and uh, you know crown themselves European champions, but that's not the way it works. But we thought that they were going to lose to, to PSG, you know, after they lost the first leg, you know, that Mbappe scored. You know, Mbappe showed his class. And now, in the second leg, it all happened. Yeah. It all happened. Now, this, this as I was just talking about these teams now, the PSG team, you know, I think there'll be happy players in, in a... In Real Madrid of PSG not selling uh, Mbappe to them. What do you think? Well, I think Rodrigo would have probably been the first to go if, uh, if Mbappe was brought on board, you know. And I think he'll be, I, I think he'll be very thankful that he gets to keep his spot. Though I, I think he might also uh, maybe want to move for himself, um, depending, of course, on the outcome of the Champions League. Because I mean, it's mm -hmm. um, you know, with a lot of footballers. Uh, there's a lot of egos and even with the most consummate professional, it doesn't feel great to know that someone was willing to sell you in order to finance, you know, a bigger star purchase. Yeah. So that might have, um, that might have an effect on, um, on Rodrigo. And I, and I would say Rodrigo instead of Vinicius, because I think Vinicius is a, oh, Vinicius more of a, Vinicius is the first name on the, on the, on the list. Yeah. He's their, he's their top priority um, for, for the players they currently have. Right. 
Um, that being said, I listen, as much as we've all enjoyed the Mbappe saga, I don't understand why. Um, I think Real Madrid's focus should be to find a way to replace Sergio Ramos because they still haven't. Um, by getting rid of Ramos and Varane, uh, you know, uh, at the same time, sure, they got rid of experienced defenders who were old and who, who you know, who took up a lot of um, a lot of space on on their um, on their balance sheet, but they haven't been able to replicate um, their performances with with the um, with the new arrivals. So yeah. they need to find a way to plug that. Um, they should have focused also on finding replacements for uh, for the midfield trio. Casemiro yeah. is still young, and you know, yeah, Casemiro is still young. Around. So. But Modric and Cruz are are getting up there. And as much as there's as much as they're still playing and they're still playing well, you know, you have to think of the future. You know? yeah. James Milner is an incredible player for Liverpool despite being 36. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he keeps putting in performances doesn't mean that we shouldn't think about you know bringing Casemiro somebody is on. 30, is 30 right? years though. Yeah, but a midfielder at 30 years, they still got they still have a good four years. Yeah, I mean, he's still got at his, least. Um, you know. They have this other guy, Federico Valverde. Who they? He's twenty three, very very young as well. Yeah, he That's, played I think as a winger in the. Uh, yeah, he played as a right forward against Chelsea. And uh, and against City as well. I think they are going to play him the same way against uh, against you guys on on Saturday. Uh, the thing is that, well, it's a, it will be exciting to see. Because they will try to plug that area where money will be operating from if he's on the left or if Liz Diaz is there. So they'll have to try to plug it. And I don't think Carvajal can do that. I don't think I, I don't think he can do that. Not, not anymore. You know, Carvajal has talked a lot lately. And I am looking forward to see what he's going to do that day. Yeah. Because these this talks and, you know, I, th- I know the press has a way of glorifying, of making this thing sound. Maybe they're just like yeah. taking a little they'll, they'll embellish and... and then put it out there, and then it sets yeah. the mood, sets the tone, it lights yes. the flame, you know. And that's why one of the things why we love love football, right? That these little little talks, you know, sets the flame and the game. We love football high. less for the less for the game than we do for the drama, right? I mean, we we love the drama around it. We love watching them play. But we absolutely love the drama around it, right? These talks of, of, of you know, glory and revenge and legacy and eras. Yeah. It, it's not so much about just the sport itself. It's about all the drama that comes that, that goes around it, right? We, we don't we don't buy shirts and and you know hats and scarves and all sorts of memorabilia just because you know we're interested in in a few millionaires kicking a ball around, mm-hmm. right? All of this, this, this stuff behind it, all that that emotion, that energy, that's what drives football. Yes. And um, you know, Carvajal is not the only one that's that's, you know, that's that's been talking trash. I know that uh, Mane has been talking trash about Benzema. I know that uh, you know. I, I think they're 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 all they're all starting to 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 try and influence each other or destabilize each other before yes. the match itself, right? So. In any case, it it makes for a very exciting match of football, and I think, I think for Liverpool, 
the fact that there's a chance at revenge or redemption, whichever way you look at it, as well as the fact that there's still that, that bitterness of yet again, coming so close to a premier league title, you know, being in the, um, in the low to high nineties, three times and still losing out on, um, on the title each time it's, it does something, you know, to know that you came so close and you couldn't get what you wanted. And so I think they're going to go all out um, for the final Real Madrid. They're playing for their 14th. They're playing for bragging rights, but most of the, you know, most of them there have already won it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the the same level of dedication and the same level of of desire is going to be there. But at the same time, that experience and that ability to remain cool under pressure could also um, could also tip the, the the scales in their favor. So, yeah, it's anybody's match. I give it to Liverpool. But boy, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean. You, you've almost said it all in terms of, of this Real Madrid team, but we we will be we'll be looking forward to Saturday because it's it will be a very 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 good matchup. Um, Madrid have rested players prior to the end of the of their campaign in La Liga. They won it two weeks before the season ended, and uh, that will be. That would give them also, I mean, in their own world, I think, uh, some edge in terms of rest physically. But uh, I mean, the, the season just ended uh, last week, right? And yeah. uh, the teams are good to go, and uh, we'll see. Now, the next thing that we need to we need to look at here is this: you know, yes, Madrid overcame um, in the second leg. Uh, Liverpool beat Inter, right? And then Madrid beat PSG. Now look at the, the, the quarterfinals, you know. In, in the quarterfinals there, Madrid were playing Chelsea and Liverpool again. That was where I started getting, with, with, with all due respect to the opposition that Liverpool played, but it started get, you know, it was as if it was going in, in their favour, right, that they played Benfica, and then Madrid were playing against the champions from last season, which was let's Chelsea. Not, let's not let's not be you know, <laughs> let's not dis, let's not disparage the opposition because no, I'm not disparaging you. I'm just being realistic. You play Benfica, no, of you course, play Benfica, of course. and then Madrid plays Chelsea. They're not the same. It's not the same caliber. They're, I agree, not but, the same but, cal- uh, but category and strength. But are you going to tell me that Benfica is not there on merit? No, Benfica were there on merit. Even even Villarreal was there on merit. They beat Bayern Munich. Every single every single club that we face was there on merit. You know, uh, you know, if if you had, if you look at when Real Madrid had to play Ajax to get to the uh, to get to the final, you know, was, um, oh no, sorry, um, when Real Madrid, Real Madrid had to play Ajax and Ajax had to play Tottenham and Tottenham beat them to get to the final. Did Tottenham have an easy match because they played Ajax instead of I don't know no, Manchester I agree City? With you. I mean, on paper, you know, that's what I'm saying. Because if you look at Roma beating Barcelona, 
No, but I, I'm sorry. Look at Roma beating Barcelona uh, a few years back. Look at all these small clubs that are capable of giant killing. In the Champions League, there's no easy opponent. And I don't care what Pep Guardiola says about it being easier to win the Champions League than uh, the Premier League. He's won everything that there is to be won, but he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about because the Champions League is anybody's anybody's game. Anybody can get, beat anybody over two legs. Yeah. So, yes, Real Madrid played the defending champions and had to fight back to, mm -hmm. to, to win. Yes, they faced um, another strong English side and also the, the, the strongest French side that there is uh, currently. And yes, each time they had to fight back, but come on, every other club that, that we also faced was there on merit, and they certainly weren't pushovers. Yeah, I mean, like as I said, on paper, Benfica looks an easy team because I remember Darwin Nunez was also terrifying, you know, for Benfica playing against you guys. And I think you guys woke up. And uh, I think in the second half of that game, I think in the second leg was when, you know, you guys uh, stepped up the game. And um, I think the same thing happened with Villarreal as well, you know. And, um, but if we look at the route that, you know, Madrid took, I mean, on paper, Chelsea is a stronger team than Benfica, you know. And uh, having won the Champions League last season, it was thought that uh, they could, they would give a good fight. But I think uh, a lot of things we are playing in Chelsea's, you know, on the Chelsea team, both from ownership to... to yeah, Chelsea had a tough time. Contract uh, I mean, and everything. Yeah, every, everything kind of started falling apart for them um, just, just a few weeks ago. That, you know, that may have had an, an impact on... Um, on Real's ability to, to get past them. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, um, you talk about on paper, right? On paper, sure, Chelsea's stronger, City's stronger, PSG is stronger. But PSG is a club that, with the exception of that final very recently, um, historically doesn't make it very far in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, and Manchester City is a club that, despite making it to the semifinals more than once, doesn't have what it takes to get all the way to the final, doesn't have what it takes to, to, to win that trophy because they simply don't push back when, when they're being for when, when they're, they don't fight back when they're being pushed. You mean city, right? right? City. Yeah. And so Real Madrid came up against three opponents, two of which have zero experience in the, uh, in, in, in the champions league. I'm more scared of a small team. Small teams have nothing to lose. And as we all know, the most dangerous opponent is one with nothing to lose because they'll just throw the kitchen sink at you. Yeah. And if you look at the second leg of Benfica, you know, we were we were up 6-2, I believe, at that point on aggregate. And they still came. They still kept coming. Yeah. You know, they didn't care. Win or lose, they were going to keep on going. And whatever the final scoreline was going to end up. You know, when we we played against Roma a few years back, I was more worried about playing Roma than I was Barcelona. You know, <laughs> the small clubs, they're there on merit and they fight tooth and nail. And there's yeah. a reason why they kill some of the big clubs. Yes. So That's I think right. that I think it's doing a disservice to, to, to us to say that we had an easier path. 
I mean, it's not trying to 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 discredit the small teams, but I, I'm just talking, you know. Oh, of course. Based on what we what we know about the teams, the strength of the teams, and yeah, sometimes it's more dangerous when the teams have nothing to lose because they for them it's history made by just yep. getting to the quarterfinals. Uh, for example, Vigarial that got to the semifinals, and of all the teams that they beat. They had to be the beat by Munich, yeah. you know. Be, beaten by Munich is, and I that's, think, that's be difficult. A achievement in yeah. European football, you know. And it, it's it's League. extremely difficult to beat by Munich, even for a big team. So for a small club like theirs to do so, I mean, I don't think it got. I don't think the stakes were 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 were, were higher, you know, uh, or could have been higher. Um, they they gave their everything to their campaign. And they played with heart, and it was um, it was bittersweet to see them um, leave afterwards because yeah you know, the same the same as Ajax in previous years uh, they they fired everybody up. So let let's go get to the to the semifinals because yeah we've talked about you know the 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 quarterfinals of you know. Madrid and Chelsea and then Liverpool Benfica, you know, you know, winning those games where I think uh, for for Chelsea, for Madrid it was tougher based on you guys. Uh, I, I, funny enough, you guys tied three three with Benfica, you know, in in the final match. Yeah, I mean, again, we we were up six two. You know, we were up, I think, three one in that um, in the second match with six two on aggregate at home. And everyone, we are thinking of maybe people we are thinking of those magical European nights. You know, in Mexico, we call it uh, <laughs> La Noche Magica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss I miss Spanish commentaries in football, man. It's just it's it's unbelievable. But yeah, it was it was La Noche Magica for for. For Villarreal, and then for 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 that night that you guys played three three with Benfica, I was like, "What on earth is going on here?" Yeah, and they kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming. So, like as as you said, when a small team has nothing to lose, they will throw everything at you, and Absolutely. they will see if you're going to bulge, right? And uh, most of the times. I mean, the big teams win, but in some cases, they drop. Well, I mean, like, I think I think you can you can, you can see that that exact same um, that exact same concept plays out in City versus Real Madrid because Real Madrid came very close to losing to a small club. Yes, <laughs> it was it was it was very very evident. Now in the semifinals, in the semifinals there, it was Man City Madrid. Liverpool, Villarreal. Liverpool won 2-0 in the first leg. Man City won 4-3. Uh, thinking that everything was sorted out. And uh, lo and behold, second leg, the tables turned. Yeah, How I think... Man City capitulated against Madrid, for me, I still don't understand it. Well, I think you have to look at the first leg because right away, the way things ended at the first leg, I knew that City was going to bottle it. City was City were up, and they were they had a comfortable lead 
before they bottled it and gave Real the opportunity to come back to 4-3. And then they took the lead again, only to bottle it for Real to come back and finish them off. Yeah. I, both, ma- both matches, the exact same thing happened. It's just that on, on, on the return match at the Bernabeu, City didn't have the home advantage, weren't able to score as much. But both times, the exact same thing happened. City got complacent. They got a little too comfortable. They thought it was over and done with. And then they let, they let some goals in. You know, yeah. um, Karim Benzema was on fire, has been on fire this entire season. I think um, the top goal scorer of the sea for the season uh, for this season's Champions League, right? Yeah, and it's going to be between him and Mane for the Ballon d'Or. I mean, the, they're they're both just unbelievable. Like, their performances are just unbelievable. So, I'm I'm excited to see what what that matchup's going to look like. Um, but yeah, City, they had they had it all on a plate, and they let it get away from them twice yeah. over over two uh, over two legs. It was it was written. Um, I think City is is one of the weakest opponents in 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 the Champions League, and I mean, we've played them in do the you, Champions do League. You, do you think it's a mental thing for City to be weak in Champions League? I th- I think so because when when we play them in the Premiership, they are ferocious. Uh, we've had titles snatched from us by millimeters by goal line clearances literally millimeters making the difference between us and city at the domestic level but in the european at the european level they just crumble you know if you if you think back to a few years ago when liverpool faced city in the i believe it was the quarterfinals they completely fell apart i mean i know this could be a very funny question to ask you but what do you think City could do to improve their European aspirations, at least to win, <laughs> even, even if it's one trophy. I know it's, it's a, a <laughs> for you, uh, it's not a question that you'd like to answer, but I'm asking you as a, as a football person, you have, you, you've been, you've been working, you've been in football for, for, for a while and uh, you know the ins and outs when it comes to player transfers and everything. And uh, you know all these things, even as an you know an agent as well. What what do you think that City needs? I mean, City needs to fire Guardiola first of all, um, and they need to trim their, their their squad, and they need to re completely revamp their youth development program. If you look at all the um, all the champions, they have fantastic youth development programs city is very big on purchasing stars you know big names that sell lots of shirts that's not what's going to win you uh, championships you need talent that you grow and that you nurture that you spend time years with effectively bringing them up through the ranks you know letting the cream rise to the top and then giving them a giving them a chance right um if you if you look at you know uh, i'll use liverpool as an example um you know yeah, go ahead. my my 
I grew up watching Gerard, who was a Liverpool boy, you know, uh, from the academy. Um, now, you know, teenagers are watching Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, who is also an academy, uh, um, who comes from the academy. Not all players have to come from the academy, but there has to be that culture that you're going to develop yeah, but Man City has young Phil talent. Foden from the academy. Yes, they have Phil Foden. But if you look at the academy that, that, that we have, we also have you know kids like Harvey Elliott. And, you know. Harvey Elliott came from Fulham, yeah. didn't he? What are you talking about? Is he a Liverpool academy product? I believe so. Oh, come on. I don't think I so. Believe, I believe so. I don't think so, eh? Okay, if I'm if I'm wrong, I'll swallow my words. If I'm wrong, I'll swallow my words, and I'll admit it. Oh, I'm but I believe tell so. You now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think he was signed. But regardless, it starts. It starts at the youth level. I mean, he was signed as a youngster. He's still a young kid, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, still. Yeah, and he'll. He's from Fulham, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I apologize. And I can, I'll make mistakes. Actually, make he started mistakes. in Queen's Park in QPR, Queen's Park Rangers, and then went to Fulham and then to Liverpool. So again, it starts with kids. You know, you, you build them up, you train them, and you have to instill that, that, that mentality that the club has. The club has to have the mentality. Now, that's another thing that City have to do. They need to have they need to have a, a, an idea of what it means to be, you know, a citizen. They, they don't have that. Their stadium's half empty all the time. There's no, there's no sense of, of, of identity when you look yeah. at their fan base. And I mean, forget Liverpool for a second. Look, forget even the rest of the top six, look at Watford, look at uh, Southampton, look at Newcastle. Their fan bases are passionate and mm -hmm. truly love their club. City doesn't have that. And it takes a little extra something in order to be able to win a European championship, right? You want to be Real Madrid. You want to be Barcelona. You want to be AC Milan, right? You want to be Liverpool. You want to be Bayern Munich. It takes something, right? You can't just show up and say, I've got money. I'm buying all the top players and we're going to win. It clearly doesn't work. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think they 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 need more mentally, and maybe I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Pep is going to be able to do that with them. And Listen, also, Pep Guardiola has never come into a team and won a trophy that that team has not won at least three years prior. Well, now let's talk, let's let's look at Madrid. Now, you know, we're coming to the end of this particular show for, you know, and uh, preview for the biggest game in European football this season. In club football, I'd argue. I don't think the Club World Cup or any other competition is gets quite No, the there's no there's no competition. There's no club football that beats the Champions League, the UEFA Champions League final. Yeah. You know, um, the FIFA Club World Cup does not come close. No, nope. uh, that's a glorified tournament. It's just making people to travel more and uh, 
giving my uh, my Chelsea boys uh, extra kilometers on their legs. It's a nice trophy to have. Listen, it, it is. is. It but looks it's, beautiful. Uh, yeah. but it, <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the look of uh, of big ears a lot better though. And, I'm and then you it. have the, the you know the crest in your on your yeah. shirt, right, as a world champion. But anyway, yeah, the, the target, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. So May twenty eighth is just uh, forty eight hours, less than forty eight hours to kick off. Yeah. It's gonna be wild. Real Madrid. Before we go to your prediction. Give us your combined Liverpool and Real Madrid starting 11. I mean, listen, I'll make it very easy for you. Okay. You, you, pick, you pick 10 starting Liverpool players and add Benzema, and that's it. No, I'm just telling I, you. I, just, I, I'm not, I, no, I said you give us, <laughs> you give our audience a combined <laughs> Liverpool and Real Madrid starting 11. No matter who you put, it's non- you know, just just tell us what you think. So in the back, uh, I choose Allison over Courtois. Okay. Um, yeah, thank in, you for choosing Allison because I don't like Courtois. <laughs> After he dumped us for whatever reason he had. Money. Yeah. And I hope um, you- for for defense. <laughs> for defense, um, for defense, I would go with Van Dyke, and yeah. I would go with. Konate. I would. I, I I love Matip. So why would you Ma- choose Matip? Why would you choose Matip over? Sorry, I would why choose, would Konate. choose Konate over Matip. Because when when Virgil is is in the defense, we play with a different type of energy than when he's not there. And when he's been injured, we've had Matip take over his his responsibilities before. And he's done a he's done a good job. He's done a, a perfectly fine job. But only Konate has since coming in has been able to match the type of energy and to have that kind of presence uh, um, in the box, whether defending or attacking. Yeah, Konate, I think, has has the ability to be one of the world's best defenders. If uh, if given the chance. And I seriously think that um, that that he would be a, a much better pick than than anybody than anybody else. Um, okay. I have to give I have to give my boy Trent the start. Um, I mean, what a player! He makes mistakes, absolutely, but um, he's driven, he's competitive, he's got killer instinct, and let's not forget that he's been in the running for top uh, for top assists for most assists by by a player. Uh, in a, in a season for, I think the last three seasons uh, going. Yeah. Um, yes. Unbelievable talent. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm torn between Robertson and Ferro Mendy. And for the sake of diversity, I will give it to Ferro Mendy. Okay. Uh, left back. Okay. <laughs> I, he's, okay. he's, he's quick. He's strong. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't get thrown off the ball, uh, quite easy. If he manages to, to, to get it, he's very good, uh, uh um, using his body. Do, to do guard you think it. he will provide a better assist than, than, than Robertson? Do you think he will provide better assist? I, I think Robertson provides better assists, but my, maybe I think also that, 
Uh, I agree. is a better defender. I, I agree. I think Robertson uh, is a much better fullback and, and, and will actually uh, perform better outside of the defense. Yeah. Um, but as a defender, he makes too many crucial mistakes. Now, going to the midfield, I love Casemiro, but unfortunately he doesn't have a spot in this, and so it has to be an all-Liverpool trio for me. Uh, I would go with Thiago, Fabinho, and Keita. Keita? Okay. No Still Henderson. Solo, Nabi Keita. So the skipper would be on the bench. Yeah. Why, and I know, why do you think the skipper should be on the bench for a, for a cup final? Well, hang on. You're giving me a combi- you're asking me for a combined 11. Oh, okay, okay, you're okay. A- go on. You're not, go ask- on. You're not asking go me on. for starting lineups. Go on. Go on. <laughs> go on. <laughs> so if you look at their performances, uh, Thiago has had goals and he's had assists. Um, so has Fabinho. And Keita is just a workhorse. Uh, I know he, he can be sloppy at times, and he's had a lot of haters uh, since he's been brought on uh, yeah. to Liverpool uh, from Salzburg or Leipzig. Uh, I forget which. Um, but ever since he came on, I mean, he's, he's had the opportunity to, to, to make to, – to be game-changing. You know, he can, he can alter a match just with his, his work rate. Yeah. I, I could maybe pick out a few players that work harder than him. You know, N'Golo Conte would be the top of my list. Um, but so, yeah, Keita gets that uh, that's third spot. And up top, uh, Mane and Salah on the wings and Benzema in the middle. And Fair I enough. mean, so Benzema is just without compare. Yeah, I think uh, he's had a very, very good season. So in your combined 11, you only have two Real Madrid players, the left back and the center forward in uh, Benzema. And uh, Now, if you want to, if you give me room for subs, I can find room for more Real no, Madrid no, players, no, like, no. honestly. But, but a combined 11, there's only two Real Madrid players that make it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I think uh, some Real Madrid fans will not agree with you. That's but, good. Uh, you know, but if, I, but if they I agreed think... with me, then then uh, <laughs> then then they would be right. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I think I think I would do almost the same. Uh, the the I would uh, I would still go with Allison for sure. I would go with Allison in goal. Um, Trent. I might go for Matip in place of. Um, Konate. Of Konate. But maybe the reason why Konate might have an edge over Matip is because of pace. Because if, if Trent is beaten on the right, Konate can step in quickly and he's got pace and he's still young. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm going to go with Konate because this is a one off cup final. It is not uh, we play home and then we play away. No. A one-off cup final, and I think that's what Jordan Klopp will do. And he's going to play Konate and then Van Dyke. And um, for the left, I would, I would take, I would take, uh, I would take Robertson. Honestly speaking, for me, because of that ability to provide those options, and I think he's he thinks a little bit quicker. He plays a little bit. I mean, I will always. I don't know what they fit these guys, but the way. 
I remember one of those goals that you guys scored, you know, they, they never gave up. It was, I can't remember which team was that, but it was on the, on the left-hand side. And Robertson ran to keep that ball. I think it was in a Premier League game, I think so. He ran all the way to keep that ball in play, still played it, and then finally put in a good cross, and it was all finishing, you know. And um, that's why I'm going to stick with the Liverpool back four. In the midfield, Fabinho, Thiago, and maybe uh, I will play Casemiro uh, just because of the energy and which with which he comes with. You know, Thiago will be providing the creativity in that midfield as always. And then in the attack, yes, I'll put in Benzema, and on both sides with Sadio, Sadio Mane, and Mo Salah. That will be my combined eleven. So, so only two. Uh... On, yeah, only two Real Madrid players for yeah, you as well. Yeah, same thing. I mean, I don't see any centre-back in Madrid, but, you know, displacing the centre-backs in, in Liverpool. Uh, and in the midfield, yes, Luka Modric has been having a very good season, but uh, he's not at his peak anymore. And uh, I think this game, this game is going to reveal a lot as well and uh, might cause Madrid to think about their next season and future. You know, yeah. So, but listen, anything can happen in ninety minutes or one hundred and twenty, right? Yes. Now I'm going to ask um, you this question: Anything can happen. Do you think it's anything going to happen. end in ninety minutes or one twenty minutes? You know, with Real, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You know I. Uh, Now you don't know. I want to say 90. I don't see it going to extra time. I, I think that whatever happens um, by the end of the 90, it'll be decided. Yeah. There's a chance. There's a chance, right? Yeah, I think it will also end in 90 minutes. I don't think, uh, I don't think there will be extra time in the game. That being said, if it does end up going to 120 minutes, I think we win. Guaranteed. I don't think Real Madrid will have the pace to match us. And I don't think there will be a penalty shootout in the game because of the way the two teams play. You know, someone's are, bound to score. I mean, yes, someone has bound to score. Goals. There will be goals in the in the game. Yeah. You know. Now, you never know, right? I mean, we we've had we've had teams with prolific scorers that have come up against one another. Um, I mean, a good example is, of course, Liverpool-Tottenham, uh, the last time Liverpool were in a final. And Tottenham had, had gotten into the habit of scoring a lot more goals in Europe, and so had we. And, you know, yeah. in the end, it was, it was just a couple of goals. Um, we, had, we had thought there would be, you know, uh, fireworks and uh, an insane scoreline, you know, um, of you know, a combined six goals or something between... Um, between both clubs, but no, only two. So as we can expect, we can, I mean, we can speculate all we want. Um, finals never seem to go the way that anyone uh, yeah, expects them to, or predicts them to go. Stuff. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot at play here. So um, I think it'll come down simply to who wants it more. And I think we do. Well, uh, 
So finally, to end this particular show for today, what is your prediction scoreline? For the perfect revenge, 3-1. 3-1, who scores first? I think we do. And I think this okay. is the one time Real can't make a comeback. Okay. No. Okay. So <clears throat> your prediction is a 3-1 scoreline for Liverpool. And uh, for me, I think, uh, I believe Liverpool will win. Uh, that's what I want. But also from the two teams, what I have seen, you know, although, you know, Madrid turned, they turned into a different being and animals, you know, in, in the Champions League, especially oh, yeah. in the final, they become especially obsessed. Especially in the final. They become obsessed, you know. But I see Liverpool winning. And... Uh, I don't know what the scoreline will be, but if I am to predict, I will go maybe with a 4-2-4 scoreline. Okay. Uh, I know that goals will be, will be pouring in because the two teams will be trying to attack. And once you are doing that, you know, you'll be leaving, you know, gaping holds. Man, uh, Madrid can counter-attack very well and Liverpool can counter-attack very, very well. So They're both deadly on the goes, counter. They're both deadly on the counter, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, with the fact that it's a final, um, there, there's going to be a, more of a focus for defense. Yeah. Um, again, a one-off match compared to two legs is very different. You know, on two legs, you can always do everything you can to outscore the opposition. Yeah. Right? In a final, uh, you sometimes have to be a bit more conservative. So we'll have to see. Uh, I don't think, I know Klopp is going to be very, very um, exigent of his players. He's going to demand perfection. He, yeah. he won't stand for any mistakes and he will be expecting them to, to, um, to keep things tight at the back. And of course, Carlo Ancelotti, um, you know, he'll have something up his sleeve, but he's also a disciplinarian in his, in his own right. And uh I have a feeling that he'll be pushing for them to uh, to be completely league-free at the back as well. So, who knows? Well, it's something we just have to be patient and trusting God to be alive till the <laughs> till the twenty-eight. Yeah. That's uh, that's the only thing that we owe. And uh, if we're alive, we watch. If we're not, <laughs> 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 so be it. Uh, those in the world will watch the game. If Jesus comes before then, then okay. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you very much. Uh, this is all we have for today. So at the end, we predicted a Liverpool win for the Champions League finals. Uh, Madrid fans will not agree with us, but that's our prediction. Um, uh, my friend Iliad uh, said it's going to be a 3-1 Liverpool. And I, was, uh, I said it's going to be a 4-2 Liverpool. And uh, feel free to drop your comments in the comment section, you know, on our YouTube channel. Search for it, the Global Premier Football Show. Find it on YouTube. Click, click the subscribe button right there and click the like button as well. Drop your comments, ask your questions, and uh, maybe we can bring you on the show after the game to share your thoughts of what happened. And uh, Hopefully we enjoy the, the, the show and uh, the game. It's a, uh, honestly, I think it's going to be a much more 
exciting Champions League finals than last season's Champions League final. And for me, why I think it's going to be exciting is because I will not be nervous watching the game, at least because it's not Chelsea, you know. So I will be supporting Liverpool. I am, uh, yes, all my Liverpool friends and my brother, who is also a Liverpool fan, I will be supporting Liverpool. And uh, for the Madrid fans, good luck as well. And uh, enjoy no. it. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being part of our show. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. The more likes we get on this you know, show, the more it will be able to reach out to those who are looking for content like this, you know, and uh, it's all about football. From my end here, first of all, thank you very much, Elias, for making our time to, to join my us pleasure. on the show. And from Thanks me here, uh, Coach Chidi saying thank you very much again, and I hope you will have a wonderful rest of your day, whether it's morning where you are or whether it's evening or whether it's night, wherever you are. Enjoy the rest of your day and God willing, we will uh, tune in live on Saturday to see the game and uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. Thank you very much and uh, have a lovely day. Bye for now.